0: 16th. Okay. Um, well, I just want to welcome everyone to uh, COA Bible Study. This is going to be, um, like I'll share tonight, so I won't say too much but, uh, to right now, but uh, one of the things that the Lord has shown me about this church, and the great thing is, a lot of the things that... Uh, God's General Cindy Jacobs and some of the people that she runs with the same things that they were talking about I was getting back in November and one of the things that the Lord has told me over the last two or three months is do is to take this take this on um, uh, take this on on a couple fronts so there's things that I would love to see you, if you want more of, who, let me just ask by a show of hands, who would like more of Jesus? Okay, and then how about this? Who would like to do more for Jesus? Exactly. So there's a couple things that the Lord has shown me. It started out when I walked out the door back in September of last year, and he's told me about, get get the nine gifts of the spirit up and running i believe that that is a mandate for all of you is to operate in your spiritual gift to some degree you may not understand it right now but the more you do it the more your gift will start to operate and the great thing is is we know each other we love each other so i want to see you guys taking some risks okay so, if you feel like you're a prophetic person, dream interpretation, uh, signs and wonders person, um, uh, insight, uh, insight, words of knowledge and wisdom, if you're um, discerning of spirits, those types of things. And then the other is, the Lord has shown me how ignorant the body of Christ is to the true understanding of the word. Now, I believe there's Christians who read their Bible um, on an inconsistent basis. I believe there's Christians that read their Bible on a consistent basis, but then I also believe that there's this other realm of Christians who read their Bible, and then it turns into a study of something. Into getting into the definitions and all the different things that um, we need. So, what I'm going to do is Brie is going to help me pair up, and we're going to start in the book of Ephesians. So, if we would open our Bibles to Ephesians, and the reason I picked that topic or that, that chapter in Ephesians is it covers a lot of the basic themes. Of Christianity it covers election it covers uh, being the for the the foreknowledge of God it covers the adoption it covers it covers the um, uh, administration it covers being um, being uh, uh, sealed by the Holy Spirit what does that mean there's a lot of wonderful themes that Paul mentions in the opening chapter that he goes on to explain later on in the book, okay? So the first chapter of the book of Ephesians is more of an introduction. You know how you read, your, you know how you read a book and it's an introduction? It's more of an introduction. There's words in that chapter that are trigger words that need to, for us to be, um, for it to be brought out. Okay, so Bree is about ready to pair me. Are you right? Are we right? Yes? Okay. All right, I'm going to read out of the New King James. So I'm not too far off with John here. So um, we're going to read the first six verses. It says, <clears throat> and let's pray. Father, we just thank you for this Bible study. We thank you that you open the ears And give us ears to hear, eyes to see the things that you're doing in the earth. And Father, we thank you for everything that the word of God is speaking to us. It is your your written word, but it's your voice written on paper. And we thank you for it, in Jesus' name. It says, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God. I like that. You know, he's an apostle, means somebody who was sent of Jesus Christ. So he, he was sent by Jesus Christ by the will of the Father to the saints. So he went to the saints who are in Ephesus. Now we know that, that is a, this, this is a, a, a community letter, you know, like Colossians and other places. Uh, Paul wants the, this epistle to be read everywhere. Um, to the saints who are in Ephesus, and how do we know that? By this statement right here, and the faithful in Christ Jesus. So not only was it first given to the Ephesians, but then it was called to give this letter to all the faithful in Christ Jesus. Grace to you and peace from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We'll get to that in a minute. to the praise and the glory of his grace by which he made us acceptable in the beloved. <clears throat> All right, so that's what we're going to cover today. Um, this is going to be an interactive Bible study. You can ask questions, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll talk for a few minutes, then I'll say, is everybody okay, and any questions? Any comments? Whatever. Okay. So, Paul wrote. Paul wrote to the believers in Ephesus, right? And are we paired yet? Okay, I'm pairing right now. I'm says so, says I'm paired. And so Paul wrote to the believers in Ephesus and the surrounding churches to give them an in-depth teaching about identity. So I will be sending you. Oh, it looks like we're ready to go. Oh, we have it. Good job, Bree. Um. do it this way so an in-depth in-depth teaching about identity you know in the book of Ephesians there is a lot of identity and so at the end what I will be doing is I will for those that are come to the class I will be sending you an email with the notes on your homework assignment and so let me just kind of show you what your homework assignment will be Our true identity. This is your homework assignment. I will be sending the notes to you. And things like this. So what what I ask you to do. Who writes in their Bible? Okay. This is your job. Your job is to go and underline each one of these verses. That I give you. Throughout the New Testament. So that. When you have it underlined, you're going to come across it and go, oh, I underlined that for a reason. Okay? So like uh, Romans 8 and 2, for example. We are set free from the law of sin and death. It's a powerful scripture verse. Powerful scripture verse. Set free from the law of sin and death. If anybody has any type of deliverance background, that does the end for the kingdom of darkness. That just does the end right there. Okay. So, it talks about identity, how to grow in Christ, our, exal- our exalted position in Christ, and to maintain unity in the church. Now, those are, not all, those are not all the subjects, but those are the mainliners. Those are the big ones. They, they, you, you come across those subjects throughout the, throughout the epistle, okay? The first half of this chapter, Paul introduces us to most of the themes he's developed in this epistle. So let me ask you, what is one of your favorite themes in the first, in the first epistle of Ephesians? The first, the first, uh, chapter. Anybody? How about adoption? I love that adoption. In verse seven. Uh, we'll get to that next week. But, um, So, Paul begins by saying, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, the Greek word for blessed here, and it means blessed, praised, and what? Adorable. So, on my first note here, what Paul is encouraging us to do is when it's time for worship, we need to really get into blessing God for all that he's done for us. Are you okay with that? Paul is encouraging us, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be God. So we are to be thankful to him. We are to speak well of him. We are to praise him, adore him, Worship him. We are to celebrate. Worship should be a celebration. Who agrees with that? Aye. Yes. I think worship is probably one of the most way, one of the one of the most powerful ways to move God is to worship him. Uh, Paul gives the reason God is worthy to be blessed, because he has blessed us. I want you to think about what Jesus has done for you in your life. You know, we've had trials, and we've had bumps in here, you know. My family's gone through a bump. We've had some things happen to us, but you know what? Nothing compares to the glory that was revealed in my salvation and the forgiveness of all my sins. No matter how bad, no matter what we do in life, whatever comes our way, we should understand that it's only a temporary thing. So the verb here means to benefit, to prosper, or to give contentment. Do you know that when God says you're blessed? When Paul says you're God we bless God because God has blessed us what he's saying is the fruit of some of the manifestation that is in the presence of God is to benefit you who would like to be benefited yeah amen who would like to um who would like to prosper Come on, everybody wants to prosper. But how about this? This is the one I like the most. How about, would you like to feel contentment? Would you like to feel that peace in the middle, you know, that peace that Paul was able to get to in the middle of a Philippian jail? To actually sing and worship God with Silas in the middle of a cold dungeon, begging for his coat, his cloak and and the parchments? The, the the written word. So the verb occurs hundreds, hundreds of times in the Old Testament. To blessed. Blessed. Hundreds of times in the Old Testament. Revealing that God enjoys blessing his people. Okay? So let me ask you. Let's go around the room. Brian, starting with you. Uh just give one, how God, just tell us how God's blessed you. Just one quick example around the room. Marriage, Marriage. excellent, good choice. Where's Angela? She should be in here. <laughs> Keith, brother Keith, Pastor Keith, what's up? Deliverance, amen. Being chosen in Christ. Amen. Olga. How much? Food. Food. Yeah. Amen. Hannah. Freedom. Freedom. Amen. Martha. Freedom. Yeah. Delivered from evil. Oh, I'm sorry. Bree. Come on, Bree. How much? What? Checks in the mail. Glory to God. Well, for me, God, God is, has sustained Hannah on her sick bed and is raising her up. So that has blessed me, that has prospered me, that has given me. Um, and I want you to know uh, here it says from eternity past, before time began, in other words. So let's move on to God has blessed us by allowing us to receive the benefits of Christ's redemption. So there's one, there's just one of the things that we have been blessed us. We have redemption or the forgiveness of our sins through the blood of Christ. And the other one is we were buried with him. We were resurrected with him, and we were seated with him in Christ. Okay? So, the resurrection. God has blessed us through Jesus' death on the cross on our behalf. The fact that God chose us. Now, I want you you to understand that I'm getting ready to move into a very divided subject in the body of Christ but it should not be. I'm getting ready to move into election because I want everyone to know in this room, God had never, has never created anybody to go to hell or Jesus would have not died for the sins of the world. That scripture would have to be redacted in the Bible. Okay? So this doctrine of election that God created some people to die, some people you know, that I was chosen out of a group that is just not so, even though I was chosen, and so were you, okay? We'll get to this in a second. The fact that God chose us does not prevent us from rebelling and turning from him as Israel did. Isaiah 1, 2 through 4. God chose Israel delivered them from Egypt and what did Israel do fell away okay all right his election does not make void the will of the people to respond or to reject the love of God through the gospel election does not basically this election does not violate your will There would be, there's scriptures throughout the Bible that says, where Paul says, the minds were darkened. The devil has blinded the minds of men. So on and so forth. But I want you to know that the doctrine of election is not God creating people to go to hell. He creates them. He knows who's going and who's not. But he still has placed the responsibility of preaching the gospel and drawing people to Jesus, okay? Um, His election does not make void, okay, we talked about. The Lord remains faithful to mankind, and God calls out through preachers to man in love, pleading, for their will to return. Jeremiah two or three twelve. All right? So if God is doing this in the Old Testament, he's doing it in the New Testament. It's just there's a greater revelation of it. Okay? Does anybody have any questions about that that I may that I that I may attempt to answer? If I can't answer it, then Pastor Keith will answer it. <laughs> Any questions about the doctrine of election? Because you're going to read things out there. You're going to hear things out there that God created some people to go to hell. And that's just not the case. Jesus died on the cross for the sins of the whole world. So I want you to know, I want you to know that God so loved the world. That he gave his only begotten son. The very first Bible, the very first Bible uh, scripture that you probably read and memorized in Sunday school. That God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him, whoever. I mean, that's all inclusive. Doesn't mean white, brown, black, green, orange, purple. Means whoever is whoever. Okay? You understand that? So the doctrine of election will never, even though God has elected all mankind to go to heaven, because we know that Jesus died on the cross for everyone that chooses to accept him as their savior, as their substitute. You will find people try to teach you that some people were destined for hell, and that is not the truth. The truth is, they chose. Okay, so we come to a scripture verse now before the foundation of the world. And before the foundation of the world, Ephesians lets its readers in on a what? On a cosmic secret. So when you see the foundation of the world, um, you are now in the midst of, of a mystery uh, th- that is being revealed in the New Testament that was not there in the Old Testament. All right? Any questions about that? Good. So, a chapter of God's estological, meaning his, when, when you use the word estological, it really kind of means, you know, f- the future or the final but it also means death judgment and final destiny of the human soul that's what astrological means okay yeah that's what it means really just been narrowing it down there's going to be death we all die you know we die once right we've been saved from the second death come on We've been saved from the second death, which is the judgment of God. And the final destiny of the human soul is heaven or hell, period. Okay? Um, So there is this astrological plan that was laid before the foundation of the world that was formerly concealed and now has been revealed in Christ. And what was the plan? The coming of Christ... And the salvation of mankind. The Messiah has come. Okay. And it was revealed in Christ. So when you're reading. When you're reading the New Testament. Which is basically the doctrines. And the glories of Christ. You're reading. A future plan. That the Old Testament saints. Did not have. Okay. Okay. I really love reading the writings of Paul. I'm drawn to the writings of Paul more than any other, even the Gospels, because I I like the doctrine, the doctrine of of the church through Paul. So the foundation of the world has a lot of themes. All right. So the foundation of the world, there it is in the Greek. It means the beginning of the world. And that's that arch, that arch word there actually means beginning. Beginning of the what? The cosmos. It's not cosmo, it's called Mao or whatever. But I like cosmos because it means the same thing. The beginning of the world. The creation. Jesus speaks of the blood of all the prophets shed from the foundation of the world. From the beginning. So here's my point. I I drew, and I'm not going to belabor this very much, but what I'm I'm wanting you to see is that when you run across the foundation of the world, I want you to go through your Bible. This is called Bible study. So my job is to teach you to study the Bible so that you'll know. See, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the? Word of God. So... If I'm hearing the word but not getting the results, maybe, maybe there is a study that I need to interconnect certain scriptures in the Bible that would give me greater direction on how to pray, on maybe what to do, uh, so on and so forth. Okay? So I went through and I looked... And it says that uh, Jesus asserts the Father's love for him before the foundation of the world. John 17, 24. John 17, 5. In the parable of the great judgment, the king tells those on the right hand, inherit the kingdom, inherit the kingdom prepared for you. When? Before the foundation of the world. So let me just, let me just, let me just say this. Here is my recommendation for you. You need to study the beginning of the world. And I'm not talking about Genesis. I'm talking about, I'm talking about what the Bible says about the world. How about 1 John 2, 15? Love not the world and the things of the world. So when you're studying your Bible and you run across certain things in the Bible, you need to pay very close attention on what it is trying to give you a well-balanced understanding. You're looking for understanding. What lacks in the Christian relationship is the understanding of God's word to stand on it. And the more that you understand, the greater you can stand. Because you believe. If I only understand half of the blueprint, how much much of the the project am I going to get done? Let me just talk to Mansfield over here. Brian, if I only know what half the blueprint says, how much will I get done? Not much. Thank you very much. Because I won't get half that done because... I won't get half the project done because I, under, I only understand half of it. I'm going to miss all the things that it connects from the things that I don't understand. So I'm going to miss more than half. Okay. How about this? Before the foundation of the world. Um, the parable in the great judgment. The king tells those on the right hand, inherit... So this is what I would suggest you do. Go through the Bible and look up the kingdom of God and study the kingdom of God. Get a good understanding. What does the Bible say about the kingdom of God? Okay? Then he says, the beginning of the world has the same meaning there in Matthew 24, 21, The gospel of Mark has a parallel there, and it is from the beginning of creation. Same thing. But in Ephesians 1 and 4, we envision the plan and action of God before the foundation of the world. Now, any questions? Any questions? Come on, this is an interactive Bible study. Help me out here. Help me make this worth your while. Yes? Yeah, exactly, 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 I'll get, I could get part of the project completed, but nothing will work, because it's only part, and, and it won't be half that I get, because I won't know where to connect in certain areas, okay, but that's true, nothing will work, So did you you just understand what Brian just said? I believe God gave Brian a powerful understanding here. What did he just say? If you only know half the subject, nothing is going to work. Uh Uh-oh. We perish because of what, John? Come on, brother. See? We perish because lack of knowledge. I think I know, and I stand on what I think I know, but I'm, I'm half incomplete. I'm half incomplete. So nothing works. See? That's why when you're invited, when you're invited to a supernatural realm, it's our responsibility to step in when God invites, but then it's our responsibility to investigate God whoa, what did you just do, Jesus? I think that is worthy of investigation. I am going to take that signs and wonder, and I'm going to see, and I'm going to learn the principles, not the manifestation and the healing, not the deliverance, not the second heaven, not intercession, not the miracle that turned water into wine. My job is to find out why he did what he did so that I can be like him. Are you with me? Do you, do you understand what I'm trying to say? Sometimes we read our Bible and we walk away with this lack of understanding, and things are missing in our lives. You know, there was a, a guy, a guy from um, Austin, Texas, that came up to see Hannah when she was in the, came up to see us actually when Hannah was in the hospital, and this is what he said to me. He said, Bruce, if there's, if, if there's anybody in the world that I know that has been prepared for this trial, you have been prepared. What he was telling me is to pull out all my guns, pull out everything that I've ever known. go after what I, Go after what I've been trained for. Ephesians 1 and 4, we talked about that. Here's, here's, what, we, here's what I want you to understand. Is, see the word, therefore, at the bottom of the, that big, long paragraph? When we came to Christ, not only did he save us in that present moment, but we stepped into, this is what you need to know, you stepped into eternity past, you, ste- you are walking in eternity now do you understand that by being a Christian a lot of people sit in the church and they just sit there like this because they don't understand that they're living in eternity now and tomorrow your tomorrow is already what guaranteed because you're in Christ you're in Christ so and you are walking in the future Let me just give you, come on, uh, Pastor Keith, give me an example of the kingdom now in the future. Miracles. Miracles. Or how about this? First thing that my mind turned is, how about the prophetic? Manifesting the future in the now. Oh, come on. Travailing intercession. Calling, Calling on God. To step in what he has already promised in the future. In our total redemption for that to manifest here. You see what I'm saying? Anytime somebody gets delivered or healed. You are watching the future kingdom in the now. Your Bible is the most amazing thing in your house. Even you're over your wife. It's a close one. It's close. Because Pastor Lee's going to hear this. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Brian's already on record about for the future. (laughs) There we go. Uh, you You need to understand that when you read your Bible, you're reading about the past... Manifesting, that wants to manifest in your life in the present because of everything that Jesus is going to give you in the future. That's your Bible. Yes, Hannah. Yes. Yeah, sanctification is a process sanctification unto glorification there's this thing we call redemption which is the salvation so we have what we call in in theology we have what we call justification i'm now justified because i'm a believer in christ i am now justified no longer condemned to hell i've been justified in christ jesus however then there is this other thing that we step out of justification and move towards sanctification. Or let me say it this way. I move towards my future destiny of glorification. Now, how much glorification? We talk about the glory of God. And there's chapters in the Bible where the glory is going to fill the earth. Isaiah, I, I think it's in Isaiah, it says the glory is going to fill the earth like the oceans fill the earth. Or, or, like the seas fill the earth or the whatever. In other words, if you take a look, most of this planet is water. In other words, the glory of God is going to be everywhere one day before the coming of Christ. That's the future. All right. Paul gives four specific components of this election here's election it is in him Christ so I would like for you to go through the epistles of Paul and write in Christ in him and in whom and the easiest way is to do a Google search so you go right to it but if you don't want to do a Google search just read your Bible and read everything that Paul has to write okay In Christ, in him, and in whom. Just Google, Google that from the King James. The King James blows that up real quick. Number two, it is before the creation of the world from eternity past. In other words, everything has already been completed. Christ was the manifestation of the completion of God's plan. God did it for a specific purpose. What was the purpose for us? What was that purpose in Christ? Paul says to be holy and blameless in his sight. So here's the will of God for your life. Not only does God want to deal with original sin, but he also wants to deal with sin itself in the believer. Now, how does he deal with original sin? Come on, give it to me. How did God deal with original sin? The cross, the death, the bodily resurrection, and the ascension. That's how God dealt with original sin. He has taken the power of sin away. Now, sin pulls on us because we still have parts of our old nature that are alive, okay? However, the desire of the Holy Spirit in our lives is to be holy and blameless in God's sight. And number four, you have to understand that this is an act of love and that everything that happened to us is in love, okay? I've got five minutes, and I'm going to make it. Okay, we're going to spend five minutes on predestination. Predestination, you have heard that one. That's like election. I mean, come on. Some people have been predestinated to go to hell, in. All right? That is not predestination according to the word of God. All right? In Acts 4.28, it is rendered determined beforehand. God predestinated certain things to happen. Like God predetermined that Christ would die on a cross for the sin of the world. Are you with me? God predestined that, let me just give you a hard one to grasp. That, you know, Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, somewhere around, I'm going to say around the 15th verse, where it says we will judge angels. Well, guess what's happening right now? Angels are being judged. All you have to do is read my book series. That, what God had predetermined to happen right now is starting to happen. Starting to happen. But the church, the church teaches that one in the future. Listen to me. The future is now. The kingdom is now. Faith is now. Now faith. Come on. I know John got that. Now is the kingdom and the glory. All this ruckus out there, all this ruckus that's going on in the world today, it's because of the church. It's true it has nothing to do with ethne- it has nothing to do with racial hatred it has nothing to do with any of that stuff it has to do with good and evil people cannot look at, it at certain people ugly good looking uh, you know thin heavy black white brown orange and they can't look at the way God looks at people through love That's why there's all this stuff up there, out there. It's because there isn't. We have to understand that God has predetermined before. It is other, um, it's other, there's five other occurrences. All are in Paul's epistles. So Paul uses predestination five times in his writings. It means to predestinate. Okay, and I wrote, I actually wrote it down on where it is and what it means. Predestinate twice in Romans 29 and 30, eight, 29, 30, twice in Ephesians five, and we'll look at it here in a few days in 11. In, in, uh, in Corinthians, and I believe that is uh, first, first Corinthians, but maybe second Corinthians, I missed that. In Corinthians two and seven, it is rendered ordained which is an inadequate translation actually since the since it's the pro meaning pre pro or in meaning in and the prosos proso- whatever it is is equivalent to the for or the pre so the verb actually means foreordain or beforehand before anyone had in, had done anything god predetermined do you understand do you understand that God had already predetermined you to do certain things for, for the kingdom? He's predetermined you to do these things. That's why they come naturally to you, or they should. All right, any questions about the Bible study? Now, here's a, go ahead, Olga. Yes. Yeah, well, um, you know, the church actually teaches that we are going to judge angels. And they talk about, they talk about when Christ, they use it when Christ comes back. And the church is going to be able to judge the angels. But my Bible tells me that Jesus is going to judge the world. So my Bible tells me. So I go, how does this happen? Well, how does a lot of doctrine really, really sink its roots into true foundations, into the truth of the gospel. The truth of the gospel is seen in the works of the Holy Spirit. Not, it, it's the manifestation, let me say it this way, it's the manifestation of the word of God unto truth the manifestation or the power of the holy spirit will manifest the truth of the gospel that's why when i see something happen in the supernatural i don't i don't fully understand it i turn my eyes to 1 the written word 2 the language and 3 the context in the language that it was used i go on i go on an investigation and i search out so my point is is when I'm doing fallen angel deliverance, what is happening? I'm not really doing fallen angel deliverance. I'm fulfilling a a scripture verse that was predetermined for this time to manifest itself and that the angels, the evil angels, not the demons, the evil angels have to obey because it is written. See, that's how Jesus defeated the devil in the desert. It is written, right? It is written. So when you're dealing with the angelic realm, you got to deal with it is written. If you want angels to go to work for you, your angels, then you've got to say it is written. Oh, come on, church. You have to say, Father, I ask that you move the angels for this because it is written. And what is it written for? You've got to find that answer in fulfilled in Christ Jesus. If it's fulfilled in Christ Jesus, guess what happens? See, the angels don't move. I say angels run the demons through. Angels pull down, pull down the fallen angel that God wants to judge. But when does it actually happen? It actually happens when I say those words words that rocks the foundation that rocks the foundation of the world now and will absolutely turn this world right side up in Jesus name those words are the power of God Paul says okay any more questions wow soak it in All right. Let's take a let's take a break then. We'll return here for worship.